En hy, en hy bijt staats van my. Nee, dit is veilig. Alright, welcome ladies and gentlemen, Pastor Eli James here, along with Pastor David Martins of South Africa. This is Eurofolk Radio, Voice of Christian Israel, for November 27, 2022. And the subject for tonight is going to be Israelites in South Africa, uh, from the perspective of the new ensign. However, before we get into that, uh, we have a, a, an interesting uh bit of information that we'd like to share with you, but before we do that, uh, good evening. Pastor Martins, how are you doing? Good evening, Pastor Eli. Very well on this side, bearing under the strain and staring under the brain. Um, <laughs> right. Stress. I trust all is well on your side. <laughs> I trust that all is well on your side oh, with uh, uh, winter approaching. I, yes, I yes. Believe, uh, um, that uh, you've already seen the onset of uh, the colder part of winter at least approaching, and uh, yes. uh, some parts of the United States already uh, uh, oh, yeah. are feeling the uh, effects of the cold weather. Right. And the, the lack of um, uh, a natural energy resources right. for heating, etc., yeah, well, you you probably heard about the six feet of snow that were dumped on Buffalo, New York. That was like headline news here in America. I don't know about South Africa. But to have six feet of snow dumped in your city is quite amazing. <laughs> six feet. Absolutely. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's close to two meters, 1,83. Yeah, that's uh, that's apocalyptic. <laughs> Right? An apocalyptic yeah. snowfall. Well, well first, yes. First, for this time of the year, I, I mean, it's uh, in South Africa, we have the uh, the most intense part of the winter in the second half of winter, not in the first half. And likewise, the warmest or the hottest part of summer, uh, usually the end of January, February, that's our hottest months. Right. But what we have had, Mr., what we've had is an outpouring of rain like we haven't seen in generations huh. in the central parts of South Africa. Okay. Huh. Just in the central parts. Not, not the whole country. Well, uh, past in the south, we're still uh, feeling the effect of uh, uh, of, of um, the uh, absence of uh, rain at the right time of the year. Uh-huh. So okay. uh, where, where I'm at the moment, it's very dry, actually, and the rivers are hardly flowing. Huh. However, okay. um, downpours in, in um, the Free State, for example, uh, all the dams in the northern part of the country are, are overflowing and the rivers are in flood. In fact, farmers in the free state cannot get to their lands because of the excess of water. Wow. And other sections are, are in drought, right? Here in the Mississippi area, exactly. the Mississippi River is drying up here in America. Unprecedented. It's a, uh, okay. ships, ships are being grounded because there's no water. So it's it's really Whoa. I think it's maybe it's harp the you know the the harp technology oh. is uh orchestrating all of this because we know that they're trying to destroy our people worldwide by any means possible yes. and weather war is part of it there's no doubt about it right the real weather war yeah. and a fake weather war called global warming right but uh, I was yes. intrigued I want to point people to the main page of Eurofolk radio where I just posted a video about Ron Wyatt's career as an archaeologist, uh, especially his discovery of the Ark of the Covenant under Mount Calvary in Jerusalem, and the the blood that he uh, took to have analyzed. And uh, before he even yeah. began his excavations there, he reported that uh, he and uh, his fellow archaeologists were kind of struck, struck dumb by the appearance of what appeared to be Jesus Christ. That's how he described it. And 
and here's mm. the, here's what this appearance of Jesus Christ said to him. He said, "Who are you, and where are you from?" And the figure said, "I am coming from South Africa to the New Jerusalem." So why would he say he would, he's coming from South Africa to the New Jerusalem? And our discussions in the past about the Cedar Van Rensburg prophecies that ultimately Germany would resurrect itself as an Israelite nation and begin to support the Boer people. Can you take us through that, yeah. what that vision consists of? Because it's becoming more and more likely, in my opinion, to happen. Over to you. Wow, Pastor, uh, that's but um, out of the blue on me. Oh, okay. Um, I haven't read that. I haven't read that part of Philip and Rensburg's prophecies for at least the past five to six years. Okay. Now, what I do know is that that in his prophecies he mentions that the house of Jacob will reassemble in what is currently known as the Greater Karoo, uh-huh. and the Orange Free State, up, while the tents will be standing from the Cape to the Transvaal. Wow. Um, that is like tented towns. Now, one of the scriptures which um, uh, I think of when I hear this about Sina von Rensburg's prophecies about the house of Jacob that will be reassembled and will be called from across the globe to... Uh, come to South Africa or uh, what was traditionally uh-huh. the Boer uh, the Boer hinterland ah. um, and, and that is that um, during the Anglo-Boer Wars with the concentration camps the tents were standing white yes. in the uh, concentration camps against the backdrop of the dry or the um, um uh, winter months of the Transvaal and the Free State. In in fact, um, w- what we've seen is that concentration camps were even in Cape Town. They were even in Durban, e- and 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 so spread across the country that uh, w- one would find it difficult to believe that there were 126 um, concentration camps spread across South Southern Africa. Right. Um, it would be difficult to imagine why there would be so many uh-huh. un- until you begin to to count the number of deaths. Right. It is absolutely amazing. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yeah. The the real concentration camps, not those fake ones in Germany. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, I've always felt since the first time I visited in 2014 – that I would be coming back, all right? That I knew I'd be coming back, but I just wasn't sure when. So this prophecy that you just described makes a lot of sense. And because we've been discussing this in terms of Germany reviving itself as an Israelite nation and breaking free from the European Union. And in that process, yeah. uh, restoring the Boer people to their rightful place. So if you have help from Germany, that would be awesome, absolutely awesome. And you'll have at least one guy from America, yes. too. <laughs> All right, back to you. Right. Okay. Yes. Yeah, this is incredible, um, really. Boss, there's something else which is um, also in this Ron Wyatt uh, video I saw some time ago. Uh-huh. I'm not sure whether it's the same one, but in this um, Ron Wyatt video, the um, um, analysis of the blood that was found on the what was deemed to be the Ark of the Covenant on the uh, the the lid of the the Ark right. of the Covenant, which was yeah. called in Afrikaans the Fersundex or the um, Mercy Restitution. Seat. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm not sure whether it's a restitution plate or the um, what it's called in, in English, but uh, yeah. the, the blood that was found there only had the Y chromosome or the, uh, the female chromosome, meaning that uh, the Messiah did not have 
uh, or was not inseminated by a, a human male. That's correct. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. I've done shows about that in the past and that blood had a living somatids, which are uh, microscopic uh, pieces of blood material. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, DNA, actually. DNA containing material. Yeah. Uh, when, uh, you know, those things can stay alive for, for many years. Okay. As opposed to the blood itself. Yes, but, he, but, but he claimed that the blood actually came back to life. Which is another miracle, but uh, no problem. Yeah. I mean, uh, our people are, are loaded with miracles from above, right? They happen to us all the time. Okay. Yeah. So, so, but in that video, he stated that, uh, he and another person, uh, were basically transfixed and could only stare at this figure, which had come, his, was stated, I come from South Africa and I'm on my way to the New Jerusalem. Okay. Which indicated to me something's going to be happening in the Bor, Borlands that are going to trigger the, yeah. the New Jerusalem. Okay, so we're really close. Yeah. We're getting really close to that time, folks. Back to you. Yeah. Uh, Paul, so I'm just busy looking for the uh, particular scripture in Zephaniah, which also talks about the um, uh, uh, Yahweh's assembly or Yahweh's people uh, beyond the rivers of Cush. Uh, right. Yeah, and we talked this morning on bloodlines that the Israel people would be scattered north, south, east, and west, right? And yeah. there are hardly any, well, I, I guess you could say there's Jews in South Africa, <laughs> right? So they could say that, that script, but your people preceded them by many generations, right? Certainly the Rothschilds and the Dutch, uh, Dutch Jews themselves didn't come. Maybe they had, they hired people to go down there for them, right? But it's the Boer yeah. people who settled that land, not them. Okay. And so while mm -hmm. you're looking at that, I've got this mm -hmm. article entitled Zebulon with Issachar, Judah, Levi, Reuben, and Ephraim, uh, by Mikkel Sternholm Krag from Denmark. And he says, the white people of southern Africa are descendants of several different tribes of Israel. Amazing end-time prophecies in the Bible tell us that a God-fearing remnant of Israelites will remain in southern Africa. Well, that's certainly true. Right? Ooh. You're one of that. <laughs> one of those people. Okay. So, yeah. have you found that verse in Zephaniah? Yes, it's Zephaniah 3.10. Okay. Um, if I can read it in English, Pastor. Sure. Um. Uh, three verse nine. For then I will then will I turn to the people a pure language, that they may all call upon the name of the of Yahweh to serve Him with one consent, from beyond the rivers of, and in this particular translation, the King James it uh -huh. says beyond the rivers of Ethiopia, my suppliants, even the daughter of my dispersed, shall bring mine offering. In that day shalt thou not be ashamed for all thy doings, wherein thou hast transgressed against me. For thy, for then I will take away out of the midst of thee them that rejoice, rejoice in thy pride, and thou, and thou shalt no more be haughty because of the of my holy mountain. Right. Right. I will also leave in the midst. I will also leave in the midst of thee. And afflicted and poor people, and they shall trust in the name of Yahweh. Yes. Now, Pastor, what I want to do something more than 800,000 of the Boers, or mostly Boers, of the white people, but mostly Boers, that have been disowned and thieved by the Cape Dutch Edomites yes. for so many years, in fact, for 365 years now, that the Boers have been... Um, disowned, they had been annihilated, they had been yes. discredited, they had been thieved, they had been um, uh, uh, thieved of their land. For yes. Now the, 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 now the tenth generation. So the Boers are definitely an afflicted and poor people. Amen. And they shall trust in the name of Yahweh. And it is not by coincidence that the Boers are busy uh, re 
um, establishing no um, re uh, uh, um, on deck um, is to, to discover, rediscover their yes. true heritage, their true uh, roots as people from the house of Jacob. Right. And so, so many of the um, pieces of information and uh, books that I have downloaded over the past uh, eight years and um, nine months um, have shown the immense number of pieces of evidence just to that, um, that the Boers are the descendants or of the descendants of the house of Jacob. Amen. Well, this morning we talked about uh, Ezekiel chapter 37, I believe starting in verse 15, where the the uh, two sticks prophecy, where the two houses of Israel are united into one stick in Yahweh's hands. Right? Very, very famous right. prophecy. But the, the beginning of that yeah. chapter is the valley of the, the dry bones. Okay, and I'll just, yeah. uh, and that's, uh, the hand of Yahweh was upon me and carried me in the spirit of Yahweh and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, they were very many in the open valley and lo, they were very dry. And so the rest of this part of the chapter yeah. describes how these dry bones began to get sinew and flesh and muscles and uh, eyes and, and, and mm-hmm. the face, and etc., etc. This it can only be. This is a very one of the very last end times prophecies, and it's talking about our our people, the house of Jacob coming back to life after exactly. persecution. After the persecution that you just described, and I, I really believe that the yeah. the Boer people are number one. They're going to be the leaders in this because your people have gone through way more persecution than any of the rest of the Israelite people on the planet. Okay? So you deserve to be first. (laughs) Pastor, I think it was also prophesied, um, if one discovers the uh, true uh, history of Europe and the true history of the dispersion of the House of Jacob uh, in Europe between the the, uh, Protestants um, and the Roman Catholics, um, because when the 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 the, the um, progenitors of the Boers in in South Africa or in the Cape, when they after the persecution in Europe thought that they would be coming to the Cape to have freedom, yes. they were then intensely persecuted by the Dutch East Indian Company's uh, crypto Jews, right. of which Jan van der Riebeek was one. Okay, yeah. And apparently Jan Smuts also, <laughs> as we talked about last week. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. Well, well uh, if, if one considers the uh, ratio between the Dutch East Indian Company uh, members or the um, uh, uh, full-time employee, uh, uh, employees of the Dutch East Indian Company right. that were left derelict and stranded in the Cape after the demise of the Dutch East Indian Company. Yes. Th- there should be a ratio of at least four to one Boers yes. as opposed to the Dutch East Indian or as opposed yeah. to the Cape Dutch Afrikaners. But currently the ratio is three uh, Afrikaners to approximately one, um, every one yeah. Boer. So it's been now, reversed. Now, why is there such a great change of ratio? Right. It was not merely by immigration or immigration of the Boers, because the Cape Dutch Afrikaners also immigrated, but rather because of all the persecution, yeah. which is not right. times because the Edomites control the mass media. Yes. Well, let me correct you. It's not persecution. It's extermination. Of the exactly, Pastor. Yes, that, that's what ch- changed the ratio around. And as we, we have been talking well, about on our shows, the Cape Dutch Afrikaners, who are mainly Edomites, have been foremost in persecuting and exterminating the Boer people. Exactly, Pastor. Not many people are aware of the fact that uh, in the um, aftermath of the... Um, First World War. Now, one must remember that 
uh, Jan Smuts and Louis Bota volunteered. No, they orchestrated the Boer's sons to go to the war, the First World War. And the purpose of that was to exterminate the house of Jacob. Right. Because the Afrikaners were enrolled into universities and by being enrolled into the university or whatever university, they were um, free from the um, uh, the obligation to go and fight in the First World War. In, okay. in fact, in the Second World War as well. The Boers could not afford university um, training or um, for their sons to go to university. So they were left in the position where they were, the, their sons were compelled to go and serve this thing called the Edomite yeah. agenda. Right. And in, in Europe, in fact, in North Africa and in Europe. Now, um, if one considers when those uh, sons of the Boer that did survive uh, battles like Delville Wood and uh, all the bombardings in Egypt and in Italy and in um, Germany, um, well, throughout Europe, those that did return, remember they did not get financial rewards from going to fight the Edomites' war. Right. They came back to South Africa. Those that did survive the war came back to South Africa, and they had to apply for jobs like building of dams. All the dangerous work was being done or left at um, uh, for basically wars. for white yeah. laborers. Right. But the Boers could not apply for that job, not even for a street, street sweeper. They could not apply for that job if the, their application was not um, accompanied by the local Dutch Reformed Minister's yes. letter of acknowledgement. Right. His testimony. Yes. So the, the Boers were being forced back into the Dutch Reformed Church on every occasion. Now, when the Boers did come back in 1917... Um, and those that did get work in the mines, because quite a number of them did get work as rock breakers in the mines. Then the, the mine owners, the mine houses, which was then run by the Cape Dutch Afrikaners for and on behalf of their masters from overseas, the Rothschilds from England, the Rockefellers, the Oppenheimers, etc. When they, when they decided that they would get black labor from other parts of Africa, they actually retrenched the Boers, uh -huh. and the Boers, the Boers were left without work. Right. And the blacks were brought in by train and by every means thinkable from the black states north of. South Africa. Right. And then the blacks heard that they were actually working at the cheaper rate for the mining houses. They started marauding. They started striking. They started killing whites and they started building, uh, burning down places in Johannesburg and around Johannesburg. Right. Guess what? Jan Smuts and Louis Boita's union government um, rounded those blacks up as uh, troublemakers and they were put in jail. Huh. And then in 1921-22, the Boers were again working in the place of those blacks because they had been seen as troublemakers. Many of them were sent back into the uh, countries north of the South Africa. But then the Boers were again in a position where they were retrenched without uh, compensation a <laughs> second time. Right. What did the Boers do? They ganged up. They didn't go on marauding, but they stood in solidarity together, and they marched through the streets of Johannesburg, uh -huh. through the streets of, of, of Friedendorp, um, Friedendorp, the town of peace, 
And long after they were marching, what did Jan Smuts and Louis Botha do? They called in the Air Force, huh. the wow. military might of South Africa's Air Force, with bombs and uh, airborne fire, uh, machine gun fire from the air right. against the Boers, killing hundreds of Boers. Yes. Because yes. the Boers did, did what the blacks didn't do. The, the Boers did not go marauding. They did not go burning down houses and uh, businesses and uh, and, and uh, infrastructure. They merely uh, marched against the unruly. Uh, well, General Mani Maritz had the right word for these uh, Cape Dutch Afrikaners. He called them jingos. I don't know if you've <laughs> right. heard that word before. Yes, yeah, it's a common word in, in English, yeah. Now, these jingos, I browsed through Marnie Maritz's book, um, My, uh, it, it is My Lieve and Strieve, My Life and My, um, My Urge, if I can call it that, uh-huh. of General Marnie Maritz. Now, remember when we visited General Mani Maritz's son, uh, Uncle Mani Maritz, you, you went with me yes. when we visited him. Remember when I asked him what or why was his father, well, first of all, I asked him, how did his father die? And he said to me, his father was murdered. Uh-huh. Can you recall that? Yes, absolutely. He, he still told us how he accompanied as a son, a young boy, how he accompanied his mother to go and identify his father in the mortuary after his father's death. Right. And he said to me, his father was murdered. Now, the reason why General Mani Maritz was murdered was because Mani Maritz actually mentioned in extensive way, he mentioned in his book about the protocols of the learned elders of Zion. Right. And he actually shows in his book how the protocols of the learned elders of Zion was used against the Boers. Now, you must remember that General Mani Maritz wrote that book, I think, in 1947. And when he wrote that book, he was under the tremendous pressure that he could not speak as a Boer. He had to speak as an Afrikaner because Boers were being labeled and exterminated like they had done with the Osava Brandwach, like they had done with the 1914 rebellion. Um, on every occasion and in every way, they wanted to exterminate the Boers and at least make the Boers leaderless. Right. In other words, kill off General uh, Delaray, uh, kill off uh, General Kemp, uh, kill off... Every Boer general, even those that fought with Jan Smuts, right. or that Jan Smuts was a, 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 a Trojan horse amongst the generals of the Boer um, uh, commandos. Yes. General uh, uh, Jan Smuts and uh, General uh, Louis Boerta, they ensured that all the generals that fought with them during the Anglo-Boer War were killed as soon as possible after the um, making of this illegal union of South Africa. Right, right. Yeah, so this confederation was forced upon your people by the international Jew, essentially, and their agents like Jan Smuts. Well, the local Jews were the, you know, um, the Afrikaners don't like to be called Jews because um, <laughs> uh, they see Jews as, as hook-nosed individuals. Right. Now, uh, something that we must realize is that I think it was only the Ashkenazi Jews that had the hook-nosed. Um, the, the Edomite Jews, now, now, one must also draw distinction between the three various well, there were three distinct groups of Jews, right. the one being the Kazarian Jews, the second one being Afghanazi Jews, and then there were the Sephardic Jews, which also, after the uh, edict of uh, Alhambra in 1492, they 
uh, fled to Southern America and to the Caribbean islands and to the Gulf of Mexico and also to North America. Some of them even went to England where they established the English Tea Company and many of them um, had taken the vessels to Amsterdam where they later on established, in 1602, they established the Dutch East uh, Indian Company. Some of them even went to um, some of the Muslim countries. Some of them went to the Levant. At the, that stage, the, the Levant was, in fact, controlled by the Muslims uh, in 1492. But that is where these Edomite Jews had gone. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But, so, uh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, of no, course... No. Of, no, no. of course, from that, go ahead. From those, from those Sephardic Jews that fled out of Portugal and Spain in 1492 and 1495, they established themselves as as merchantmen in Amsterdam. Now, at that time, also many of the Edomite Jews from Venice went and established themselves in Amsterdam because Amsterdam became the key focus point of the Jews right. in banking. Europe. Yes. Their banking operations, yes. Absolutely. Well, okay, because Bram just... Was, yes. That, uh, Bram just okay. put in the chat room a, a picture of that tent city you know, with all the white tents uh, glowing in the sun. And uh, there's a prophecy yes. in the book of Zechariah which is about the Feast of Tabernacles, mm. right? We will tabernacle yes, with fine. him at the second coming. So that's what it's going to be. We're mm. going gonna to be in tents. We'll have left our homes because most of our homes probably will be uninhabitable from the devastation created yeah. by, well, we're in World War Three right now, <laughs> right? It's just getting started. And uh, the bombs yeah. have yet to be dropped, and uh, the the ray guns are yet to be uh, employed, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But uh, we're, we're in World War Three right now, okay? And it yes, sounds and to, yes. Go ahead. Well, most of the most of the cities will will have become super cities, or, or, or what do they call them? These yeah, super cities where. Uh, Every individual is monitored by numerous cameras. Right. Um, and if you smi- if you smile, they're going to investigate you to see why you are happy because <laughs> right. you should not be happy. That's right. That's right. You should be a slave. Slaves should not be happy, right? Exactly. <laughs> okay. All right. So this is getting interesting, folks. So let me just continue here. Under the heading of whites in South Africa. There are two large groups of whites in southern Africa, approximately 3.5 million Afrikaans-speaking whites, which obviously would include the Cape Dutch Afrikaners, and approximately 2 million English-speaking whites. So, But that population, I don't know when this article was written, but I'm sure that population has dwindled quite considerably now. What is the current situation of boars to Uh, Afrikaans? I have reason to believe that the uh, population of the white people at the moment are about uh, 4.2 to 4.3 million. Okay. Now, one must also remember that um, the uh, many of the English-speaking people in South Africa are also from the House of Jacob. They don't know it. Sure. Absolutely. And... And there are many Boers that draw the line or they draw the, the distinction between the Boer and the English. They think all the English are liberals and all the Boers are God's chosen people. Right. And that is so far from the truth. Right. Beca- because, because the scripture says from every language. Right. Which, of course, includes English. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Well, it reminds me of the dispute that Peter and Paul had, where Peter only wanted to recognize Judahites, didn't want to recognize English. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the lost yeah. ten tribes didn't want to recognize them as Israelites, or as you know, the yeah. people of the house of Jacob. So that's the same kind of attitude. Yeah. So there, uh, there still has to, uh, a humbling still has to occur, for that, you know, uh, attitude yeah. to, to be taken care of, right? 
So yes, definitely. Uh, not exactly. all English-speaking uh, whites are liberals, <laughs> right? In fact, most of them aren't. Most of them aren't. The, the news media makes well, it seem like they are. Is, yeah. Yeah, Pastor, one of the things one must also remember is that the 1820 British settlers that came to South Africa were in very much the same position as the German uh -huh. people that came to the Cape and that were initially called the Boers. Now, now 1820 is approximately 270, I think, years after the first Boers arrived. Okay. Uh, because uh, they, they, they came in dribs and drabs initially, but at some stage there were more than 15,000 Germans and uh -huh. Prussians as opposed to 1,275 Dutch okay. in the Cape. So that was a ratio of more than 15 to 1 right. in terms of the, the, the Boers in, in relation to the Dutch East Indian Company employees. Yes. And then okay. there were some that were, for example, the French. There were um, m many uh, of the sources of information on the French Huguenots that came to the Cape mentions <coughs> the number of 157, some mention 159, and I've seen the figure of 202 as well. Right. But what has happened under the East, the, this um, Edomite Cape Dutch Afrikaners, the uh, history of the, let's say, 202 French Huguenots are being projected or is being projected onto the more than 15, no, more than 56,000 Boers that came from the, from Germany and from the, from the Republic of Prussia right. and from Countries uh, of like no, Norwegia, uh, uh, Norway, Norway, yeah. and Sweden, and Finland. Okay. And there were even some Swiss. There were even some Swiss, but most of the Boers emanated from Germany and the Republic of Prussia. Okay. Yeah, uh, primarily the House of Jub uh, Judah, and uh, yeah, some, several other. House of Judah. Yes, primarily House of Judah. Okay, so then what percentage okay, today? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish now. now uh, uh, there, there are some Boers that claim now that Judah uh, was kept intact in Jerusalem, and the uh, those that we call Jews in Jerusalem and in Israel today, they are all from the House of Judah. Yeah, my okay. oh my, what the Complete misgiving, misleading, right? Yeah, uh, true. Uh, deception, <laughs> right? Yeah, those Jews were not Israelites; they were Edomites. That is uh, what people have to understand. Well, one must one must also realize that the name of Jacob was um, corrupted to Israel right. for a reason. And that was for the Edomites to, to, to hijack the identity of the house of Jacob. Okay. Uh, because um, I must really translate that writing or that um, uh, teaching about the true name of Jacob that was changed to Yasharel and not Israel. Yeah, well, the uh, episode really where, 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 yeah, where Jacob, where Jacob uh, wrestles with the angel, that episode, yeah, so yeah, maybe you could just yeah. write that up and uh, you know explain your point of yeah. view in such an article, right? But now, what percentage of Boer people? You, you just said there's a poor, approximately four point three million uh, Boer, uh, uh, white Afrikaners in South Africa, and what percentage of those are true Boers? Do you do you reckon, uh, Pastor? If, before I answer that, I would want to say that most probably three or four percent of the Boers know their true identity. Okay, that's um, pretty small. <laughs> All the, right. The ninety-seven the percent of the Boers believe, because of the fact that they had been brainwashed over the past three generations 
Now the fourth generation is being brainwashed to believe that all Afrikaans-speaking people are Afrikaners, which of course is a major deception. And so so there are many Boers that don't know that their true identity as Boers is because of the fact that they had come, they emanated from Europe because their ancestors or their progenitors were not Christian at all. They were very staunch believers in the Old Testament, and that is why Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, one of several writers um, over the past centuries, uh, wrote that uh-huh. the Boers had a very fatalistic or a dour fatalistic Old Testament religion. Right. Now, no Christian church, no Christian Christian denomination as a fatalistic Old Testament religion, every Christian denomination, every Christian church believes primarily, if not solely, in the new, so-called New Testament. Yes. Yeah. Why would the Boers have a fatalistic Old Testament religion and they would be called Christians? Now, this fact is supported by the Dutch Reformed Church uh, so-called baptismal records. Okay. Because in the baptismal records of the Dutch Reformed Church in the Cape, one sees that whole families are, were being baptized, the father, the mother, and the children. Right. In some cases, even the grandfather or the grandmother were baptized with, at the same time as the children. Why? Because the parents were not Christian at all. Right. They did not even, or many of them did not even know anything about Christianity or about the Messiah, except what they had been experiencing under the tremendous oppression and persecution of the Calvinist right. Church. Amen. Amen. So, uh, so Yahweh has pre- uh, preserved the people who have 100% recollection of their Israelite heritage, their Jacobite heritage. Which is fantastic. <laughs> well, Pastor, uh, the, the, the um, irony of this is that very few, if any, Boers had remembered their true her- heritage because they were being persecuted if sure. they had even mentioned the fact that they were Boers. Even after the um, annexure or the um, hijacking. And the state capture of the Boer Republics in 1910, 31st May 1910, by the Edomite Cape Dutch Afrikaners. Of the Boer children, their parents did not send them to Afrikaans schools. They sent them rather to English schools Uh because in the Afrikaans schools, if the children mentioned that they were Boers or that their parents were Boers, the children would be ostracized and they would be victimized by the Afrikaner teachers and the right. Afrikaner children. Yeah, exactly. It was just like in Chicago in the early days, you'd see signs, Irish need not apply, <laughs> right? Even well, though they were white. That's basically what it meant in South Yeah. That's basically what it also implied in South Africa. Because remember, the Boers, they were, um, they were, uh, victimized to become Dutch Reformed Church members. They were oppressed. Um, In fact, many of the farmers who lost their their, their farms after the Anglo-Boer War and the state capture of the Boer Republics in 1910, many of the Boer farmers were, well, more than 50,000 of the Boer farmers were disowned from their farms that they had worked for and had worked for quite a number of years. Yeah, and generations. Number of, numbers of decades. Right. And now the these farms were dished out to the so-called uh, uh, the uh, soldiers of the Queen, those Cape Dutch Afrikaners who fought against the Boers along with their mercenaries. Remember that the British Empire was a hired-in mercenary military force right? by the Edomite Cape Dutch Afrikaners. 
And those that um, that fought against the Boers were given the honor position or the honorary uh, um, uh, recognition as soldiers of the Queen, of okay. which they were more than 50,000 right. so-called Afrikaner soldiers of the Queen. And those, well, uh, might I add at this point that I have a database with those names. Really? Of those soldiers of the Queen. Okay. Yes, Pastor. Very good. Very uh, you, good. you must realize that that the information which I have, I only obtained, I would say perhaps 98% of the information that I am obtained on this um, was by the unctioning and the indications that the uh, that, that the angel had given me on the 25th of June 2014 with that visitation. Right, right. And you won't believe, Pastor, I thought that I had most probably covered perhaps 80 or 90% of all the books ever written about the Anglo-Boer War, about the Boers' heritage, etc., uh-huh. the Boers' um, uh, uh, roots. You won't believe, just in this past week and a half, I downloaded most probably in the order of about 400 books. Wow. <laughs> just in this past week. Okay. If I can... If I can um, and this is, Pastor, it's just absolutely amazing. Uh, if I can just tell you, just in this past three days, yes. Uh, if I can give you the number, just in this uh, past absolutely. three days, just yeah. as a matter of interest, I go and look at the at the downloaded files on my computer. Um, just in this past. Uh, just today alone, those 108 files just today alone from okay. about half past five, quarter to six yes. this morning. Yes, okay. 108 files. Now, are these primarily and books these? written in Afrikaans and Deets or English or combination of all these languages? No, Pastor. Hardly any in Afrikaans because you must remember that since the 31st of May 1910, the Cape Dutch Afrikaners have been in control of all the universities, all the museums, all every place uh-huh. where any books are relating to the Boers that have not been written by either my Cape Dutch Afrikaners about the Boers right. were removed in some way or the other out of the museums, out of the archives, etc., I find these archives or I find these books in, for example, places like the archives of the University of California, Los Angeles, the University of Princeton or Princeton University's archives, uh-huh. uh, the um, tabloids from England, the Parliament okay. of, of England, the English Parliament's archives of their answered Yes. Uh, diary, that is the parliamentary diary. Um, the universities and the state archives in India, in Ceylon, <laughs> in Bangladesh, right. in Malaysia, in Indonesia. That is where I find this, all this information, Pastor. Right. It's just incredible. Right. Or the Chicago Public Library, right? <laughs> Anywhere but South Africa. You, 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 absolutely. <laughs> Okay. Even in the even the Chicago Herald newspaper right. archives, there you the go. Washington Post newspaper yeah. archives. Yes, that's Fair. yes, yeah. Fortunately, all From that material, yeah, all that material has been preserved by microfiche and other means, and is still available if you know what to look for. Yeah. Well, um, how many books did I say in this past week? I think you said uh, 200. 200. Well, the angel told you you would be given um, this information, and you've been diligently looking for it ever well, since. Pastor, yeah. Um, most probably be be uh, more accurate at 250. Okay. And before that, 162. And, right. And these are, for example, some of these books... Were, write, were written in 1800 and, 
1820s, the 1840s, 1850. Um, Most of them are in English, but many of them are in Dutch. Right, right. Well, also, uh, from Canada and America, interestingly, some Americans and some Canadians went to South Africa to fight on the side of the Boers. Others went to fight on the side of the British. (laughs) Right? So these people would have written memoirs as well and provide very interesting information. Okay, they can't be found anywhere else. There is one particular particular Canadian writer. Um, I just love the way in which this person wrote. Um, he said that he also writes as a colonist. In other words, from the British colony okay. of Canada. Right. So he was not he was not pro Boer whatsoever. Okay. He is e e bigger. He was not pro Boer whatsoever. He was pro. British, right? Yet you must see the tremendous things he writes about the Boers. Uh-huh. Absolutely fantastic. Yes, he even writes about the way in which the Boers were persecuted and crucified, or yes. strapped, or um, uh, 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 their bodies strapped over the um, rooms tortured. of tortured. the wagon wheels. Right. Right, they're tortured. Yeah, and, absolutely. And and their bodies torn apart in public. Yes, yeah, just like the Catholic Church used to do, <laughs> right, with their torture machines. But this was done by the Calvinists. That's right. This was done by the Calvinists. Amen, amen. So well, oh. most people don't realize how evil Calvinism really is. You know, we've done a few shows on that. Okay, so uh, we've only got about seven minutes left. So uh, let me just, uh, about the Afrikaners here, the first Dutch settled in the Cape Colony on 6 April 1652 under Jan van Riebeck, who is considered the father of the Afrikaner people, but he was a, he was a uh, Edomite. He was an Edomite uh, Dutch, Dutchman, right? Today there are some three million five. Yeah, he was a Sephardic Jew. Today there are some three million five hundred thousand Afrikaners the quote, the word Afrikaner is today used to describe all white Afrikaans speaking people of Cape Dutch origin and Boer origin. So he makes a distinction between the Afrikaners and the Boer, which is, which is good, which mm. is correct. Right? Absolutely. Not however, all, go ahead. However, the Afrikaners and the Edomite mates from overseas. Yes. Refuse to use or refuse to make distinction between the Boers and Afrikaners. Yet, right. very important, even Cecil John Rhodes, the Boer hater, yeah. <laughs> that spoke of the Boer women as white vermin. Ooh. Even Jan Smuts as a Boer hater. Yeah. Even Jan Smuts. And likewise, Cecil John Rhodes mentioned, frequent, frequently mentioned the two totally separate and distinct white races that came right. to the Cape. Okay. One op- only appears to be white, <laughs> and that's the Cape Dutch Afrikaners. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, this is interesting. So this article from Instant Message, and we'll continue this next week because this is a very important subject, the, the distinction between Boers and Afrikaners and also how the, these prophecies are going to work out with, uh, you know, because we're still waiting for Germany to uh, pull away from NATO and the European Union. Yes. And if and when that happens, then uh, the Senator Van Rensburg's prophecy regarding Germany and the Boer people will begin to come true, and this tent city that we've been talking about will begin to appear. Okay, but we're still only talking yes. about a remnant, yes, a remnant of the Boer people, because not all the Boer people will be awakened to this reality. Well, we're doing the best we can to awaken them, and of course, all all of the Jacob Israelite people on the planet to their true identity. Mm. Uh, because if you're not awakened to your true identity, the likelihood that you will you'll be part of the remnant is very small. It's possible, but still very small. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. Well, so, we, we see ahead. that when, when Yeshua, when Yeshua, some of the parts he had gone to in Samaria, 
He could not even perform miracles because the people lacked faith. Right. And that being the house of Jacob lacked faith. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. And Yahshua said, when I return, will I find faith in the earth? Right? I mean, the, exactly. the implication is he will find very little. Okay? So it's very important exactly. for us to keep preaching the word and gathering the more people together out of their state of delusion. Which is what yeah, it is. Absolutely positive. Yes. And I, I, well, I just, I, go ahead. Three minutes. Um, I started calling this about uh, eight and a half years ago. I started calling this the um, uh, a, a hypnotized state of the Boers. Right. <laughs> because of the Dutch Reformed ministers. So many of the Boers were forced into the Dutch Reformed Church that they don't even realize that their progenitors despised and fled and feared the Dutch Reformed Church because that was where their per- persecution came from. Right. And yes. today there are so many other Boers that they will actually go to war if you say the wrong word about the Dutch Reformed Church. Right. Yes, right. Yeah, very interesting. Okay, well, the author also says, the Afrikaners are primarily descended from Dutch Calvinists and secondarily from Frisians, Germans, and French Huguenots. Okay, so he's making a racial distinction between the Afrikaners and the Boer people, which is, is correct. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Which is correct. Yes. Small, uh, well, go one, ahead. One, one, can, one can summarize it as follows. Those that persecute are the Cape Dutch Afrikaners. There and you they go. have been persecuting the Fruits. Right. Like Jacob fled from, uh, from Esau, Virtually all his life, actually all of his life, Jacob right. fled from Esau, just as the Boers had been fleeing from the Cape Dutch. Yes, yes. So uh, there's got to be a sense of uh, supremacism among the Afrikaners against the Boer people in, in personal contact, I would think. You know, they must think of themselves as superior yeah. to the Boer people you know, p- because of the way they've acted against the Boer people. Yeah, well, Pastor, at the time of the uh, founding of the Dutch um, East Indian Company, the VOC, there were Dutch preachers that taught Calvinism. They were Calvinistic preachers right. um, that were from, the, from these, uh, what they called the new Christians out of the Sephardic Jews right. that taught preached Conversos. that the, those from the those from Calvinism are the true Israelites. <laughs> no, they're Jews. <laughs> right. Very interesting. Exactly. Very interesting. Okay, we'll have to pick this up next week. And the nature of the deception has been very clearly stated in this article here and in our discussion. We need to carry this further next week. Okay, Pastor? That's the, All right. Uh, and I keep well. Yes, you praise too. Praise Yahweh. Be blessed. Yes. And, and likewise to you. Likewise to all of you, you Israelites slash Jacobites listening. Praise be to Yahweh. Thank you for listening. And we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Pastor. Bye-bye.